Glad you could join us this morning on 10 Minutes in the Field. My name is David. Each one of us has been called to a field, whether it be a teenager, a father, a mother, a youth leader, or if you simply consider yourself a regular Christian. Our field is the world we live in. For each one's field, the challenges are different, but the expectations are the same, to bring glory to God. This morning, I pray that you'll be encouraged as we look at the scriptures together. Good morning, friends. I hope you're enjoying this series of uh, Secularism versus Christianity. This particular episode is going to begin with a story that I'll tell you about a Boda Boda experience that I had recently. For my friends who may not know what a Boda Boda is, think of it as uh, a taxi service. But this time, you are the back of a motorcycle and uh, not inside a car. And so that is what really a Boda Boda is. By the end of this episode, I hope that you'll understand that only God can determine what truth is, and truth has to be absolute. And so, please, enjoy. A picture I took, I referred to this picture on Wednesday during chapel here. And I shared with the young people, I told them I was waiting at the, at the Makandra stage for a Boda Boda. You know that dust? You know the dust? If you have a car, you only hear of the dust. You only see of the dust. You don't know the dust. In the actual knowing of the what? Of the dust. You only hear of it, you only see it, you hear people referring to it, but you don't know it yet until you take a Makandra Boda Boda. So there I am standing, waiting for the Boda Boda, and then David Chirira comes in his land cruiser to give me a lift. I'm like, yes, finally. I don't have to take a Boda Boda. The car is full, the Mr. Peter Odana in front, I think this is Elena, Agatha, and uh, Yona were in the car. So he told me, jump into the boot. I was glad to jump into the boot. Anything for the dust. But as I'm jumping into the boat, I hear Boda Boda guy whisper to his friend. Well, actually, whisper because I heard. He tells him in Uganda, like, Never <laughs> see what poverty does. As I'm, and then he said it twice to make matters worse. He said it twice that I actually heard it. And I'm thinking, who does that? What the? That's how I took that selfie, just to remember. That moment, I didn't want to forget, ever forget that moment. I'll put those pictures somewhere special. Should I ever build my own house? And so I have a friend who, who had been speaking to missionaries concerning their monies, advising them. So I sent him that picture. And you know what he told me? Remember the phrase, beauty lies in the eyes of the beholder? He told me, poverty lies in the eyes of the what? Of the beholder. And that phrase made sense. It actually made sense. They think I am broke, but I am not what? I am not broke. Now, here's the next picture. I'm coming, I think this was on uh, Wednesday, Wednesday or Thursday. I'm coming to school with my daughter, and I remembered. Poverty lies in the eyes of the what? Oh, the beholder, we are okay. And we took a selfie on the border border together. Faith is so happy she's riding with who? With dad on the border border. Then I get to the gate. And poverty is in the eyes of who? There's dust in my eyes and on the beard. That is me at the gate. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, actually poverty is in my eyes. I can see it. Literally see it. Now, when I'm coming up the hill, the phrase made sense. Poverty lies in the eyes of what? When I got to the gate, I really thought about it and that statement never held any sense. Because poverty is actually in my eyes. And it's not nice at all. I'm bringing these things up because for a while the secularism holds 
some sense. You only live once, only hold somewhat, some sense. Now all of us have been to a place where you're really wondering why you're Christian. Because your world friends seem to be doing what? Prospering. Now there's nothing wrong about today, brother, brother. Nothing wrong about having a car pastor. Okay? Turn on the AC, enjoy. Nothing wrong about that. Okay? But what I'm trying to say is we all get to that point in our lives where the walls are coming in, you must again to the same slave, but because you are not seeing eternity. Now, if our soul only have one day to live without dust, will that dust make any difference? No. My mind will be somewhere. I need to spend as much time with my family. Those are the most important things. Now, your world is changing. Your perspective is changing because you're running out of time. You're running out of time. The perspective is coming back to you. The most important things are coming back to you. And that's not one of them. That's not one of them. The Buddha Buddha's view of who I am is not any of it. When you look at the value, the things we value, that is not it. That is not it. The world is telling you right now counts for right now. But the Bible is telling us right now counts for right now and for and for eternity. And for eternity. A Christian worldview is all about the long range calculation. I'm saying I'm investing not here. I'm investing where? In heaven. That's where my investments are. And so what I'm doing right now in the service of God, that's the actual investment. I'm not going to lose sight of it. And as much as voices come, I'm not losing sight of it. The story I told you at the beginning, that donkey is thinking, oh man, I'm going back to the same master. But that's not the end. That's not the end. That is not the end of life. It's not the end of life. Long range calculations. If the Christian worldview believes in a transcendent who? Transcendent God. By definition, you have that in your notes. By definition, it is beyond and above the range of normal or physical human experience. The search for a transcendent level of knowledge, surpassing the ordinary, exceptional, and of God, it is talked of as existing apart from and not subject to the limitation of material of the material universe and often contrasted with what? The word? Eminent. In other words, God is not subject or limited to the material what? Universe. So if you begin to want to understand him or to use your views to determine what truth is, God is looking at you and he's saying, my words, my wisdom, is far greater than yours. Your wisdom is foolishness. Do not view the world the way world, the world views it. View it the way the God does what? Because his view is not limited to time and space. It's not limited to here and now. Points of conflict between these two worldviews. But the secularist worldview versus the Christian worldview. He says the secular worldview will tell you there is no absolute what? Truth. No one can say this is truth and truth alone. They will tell you that is truth according to according to you. So believe what you want. While Christianity will tell you this is absolute truth, look at 2 Timothy 4, 3-4. 2 Timothy 3-4. Let's open it up there. 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy. For the time is coming when people will not endure. Remember, a time is doing what? Coming. The world, there's a part of the world that is coming. At some point, the world, in relation to time, that time is coming when people will not endure sound what? Teaching. What will they do? But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth 
and wander off into myths. As for you, always be what? Sober-minded. Enduring what? Suffering is there. It does not determine what truth is. It is there, but it doesn't determine what truth is. Some of us can even equate the existence of God based on what we are going through. If God is there, why am I suffering? How selfish can you get? That now you're beginning to wonder if God exists because of what you're going through as a Christian. Painful as suffering, painful as it could be, suffering can be endured. Because the Bible is saying, He's not tempted us beyond what we can bear. No temptation has come before us beyond what we can bear. He's there to give us the strength to go through it. It may not be as bad as you think it is. Actually, at some point, I forget who. Is it Christ? Is it, you're not endured. I think it's Paul. You're not endured to the point of doing what? Or shedding blood yet. You have not done that yet. Think of the Christians in Syria. They will tell you what suffering is. When they put you by the beach, you have your eyes closed and they're going to cut off your head with a blunt knife. We've not yet endured to the point of shedding blood. Dust is nothing. The dust is what? Is nothing. Think of it the way the scripture looks at it. It says, don't worry. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. That's where the value is. That's where the value is. It's amazing how the Christian worldview just does a very good job in answering this question. The ones who are looking at, what's the meaning of life? Oregon, where did I come from? God created the heavens and the earth. Why am I here for the glory of God? Where am I going? Which will live for all eternity. For all eternity. Second one. Momentary pleasures versus what? Well, friends, I hope you are blessed by this episode. Next week, we will look at the last episode of this series, Secularism versus the Christian worldview. Keep us in prayer this evening. My wife and I and the kids will be traveling to Nairobi to meet Mr. Thomas Obunde and just simply deliberate on the future of Rwanda and plan for the ministry. Pray for wisdom and vision as the Lord guides us that will be sensitive to his will. And one last thing, tomorrow, 6th April, is Grace's birthday. So give her a call, um, send her a WhatsApp if you have her number, or on Facebook, you can send her a message and wish her a happy birthday. These things only happen once a year. May God bless you and have a great day. Bye-bye.